Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. If we could bottle exercise, it would make an amazing medicine. It has so many benefits for so many aspects of our health. And obviously, from our perspective, when we're talking about osteoarthritis, has really meaningful benefits for people that have osteoarthritis as well. As a consequence of those benefits, it's a core treatment in pretty much all osteoarthritis guidelines. But I think for some people out there in the community, it's a little bit unclear as to why exercise might help and how one might be able to implement that in their day-to-day life. So the purpose of this episode is to repackage some old content and try to reduce the mystery around some of those fundamental questions. In the first instance, we're gonna repackage some content from Professor Kim Bunnell about how does exercise help? We first broadcast this very early on, season one, episode six. Now, Kim is a research physiotherapist who works at the University of Melbourne, and we've worked closely together for a number of years, and she's a world leader in this space. She brought us some insights about how does exercise help? What are the benefits? And does it have any impact on the incidence or progression of disease? Are there particular types of exercise that are better than others? And is it sufficient to be strong Or are other components of fitness, particularly around flexibility, aerobic fitness that are important? Been a lot of interest recently around the dosage, duration, and intensity of exercise. So you hopefully will dispel some of that content as well. And then we'll move on finally to talk about what health professionals can help in that regard. So getting to today's theme of how does exercise help, from a mechanistic and very as simplistic as possible, how does exercise help someone with osteoarthritis? That's actually a good question because we know that it helps, but in actual fact, how it actually works is not, you know, really known clearly. Um, There's a lot of possible suggestions as to how it might work. One of the ways Mm. is that it increases your muscle strength. So by increasing your muscle strength, you increase the support around the joint, make it more stable. People have also suggested that you increase your range of motion, become more flexible, and that can help with improving pain and function. 
There's also inflammatory factors that it could be good for reducing sort of inflammation in the joint. And also our pain pathways. So the way that pain is experienced in the brain, that exercise can influence that either sort of locally at the joint or further up in the brain can have a positive effect on pain pathways. And I suppose the other way as well is sort of psychological factors where it can be really good for your well-being, your, your feelings, your mental health. And so from that perspective as well can reduce pain and improve people's function. Great explanation. And if one did have osteoarthritis, what are the benefits of exercising? Well, there's numerous benefits for exercise. Obviously, reducing pain uh, is a big one and improving people's ability to function, you know, to walk and go up and down stairs and get up and down from a chair. So they are, you know, really key functions uh, and benefits, but also uh, improving people's quality of life. People report having a better quality of life. And there's a whole range of other benefits as well. A lot of people who uh, have osteoarthritis also carry a little bit of extra weight, so it can help with them losing weight and then maintaining their weight at a healthy weight range. Falls risk, people can also be at increased risk of falling, so it can help reduce falls. It can improve your sort of cardiovascular health and reduce your risk of you know, heart disease and, and heart attacks and all other conditions. It can help, as I said, with your mental health. So a whole range of benefits, uh, not just at the, at the knee, but benefits for you know, the, the whole person. Now, does it have any effect on the disease itself, on a person's risk of developing it or on, on the rapidity of which the disease progresses structurally? Yes, so that is another good question. So oftentimes people think that what they see inside the joint, the structure that exercise you know, might be damaging to the knee joint. But really, the evidence doesn't show that to be the case. So it doesn't increase one's risk of getting the condition. And in fact, probably can reduce your risk if you keep your weight down and so forth. So it can have some benefits there. But if you do already have osteoarthritis, if you exercise, the studies don't show that there is any negative effect on the actual joint structure. It doesn't necessarily change the joint structure, you know, reduce what you see perhaps on an x-ray, but it doesn't make it worse. And I think that's really important to point out because we know that what the person feels in terms of pain and their function doesn't actually relate to what you see on, on an x-ray. So this exercise thing, it sounds great, but are there particular types of exercise that are better than others? Again, the research has shown that a lot of forms of exercise can be equally effective. So there's benefits from strengthening exercise. There's benefits from aerobic exercise, such as walking or cycling. There's benefits from Tai Chi, yoga, water-based exercise. So there's a whole range of different types of exercise that people can get benefits from. And so I suppose what it comes down to is that this means people can choose exercises that they like to do because what's really important is that people stick with an exercise program. So choosing something that people like and that they can do is really important. And, you know, going with what they prefer. There's no point doing water-based exercise if you really don't like to go to, the, you know, to a pool and, and, and do that. So I think another thing is having variety. So choosing a variety of different forms of exercise will be good to get all of those health benefits, but also will help with, you know, you don't get bored. I mean, for a lot of people in the general community, there's a fascination about building muscle and, you know, flexing in front of mirrors. 
is it sufficient to be strong? Are there other benefits of improving muscle? Yes, so certainly, particularly as we get older, we know that muscle strength does deteriorate. So over the age of 50, I'm in that category now, it's important to, to do strength training, to build up the strength of the muscle because we know that, that that does reduce. But other, as you've pointed out, there are other aspects of muscle function. So endurance, not just how much weight you can lift, but also muscle endurance how fast you can contract the muscle. So if you were going to have to quickly speed up across the road because there's a car coming, that requires the muscles to act really quickly. So all of those are important as well as, as just pure strength. And what about exercise for flexibility and aerobic or cardiovascular type exercise? Is that any benefit there? The studies haven't necessarily looked at stretching exercise on its own because generally people will do stretching exercise in combination with other forms of exercise. But stretching exercise can be you know, useful as we get older, we get stiffer. And in, with people that have osteoarthritis, their, their joint is often stiffer. So doing some stretching exercise is good to try and improve or maintain the range of motion of the joint. So that is important. But I'd encourage people to do the stretching with other forms of exercise like strengthening. As you said, aerobic exercise is also good. Uh, because that gets the benefits that you're going to get for your heart and your lungs. So you know, getting out walking, getting you know, some moderate intensity exercise where you're getting a little bit, you, know, you can still hold a conversation, but you know that your heart and lungs are working is, is really important as well for, for all those other health benefits. Now, obviously, if you're starting from a completely sedentary lifestyle, you're not going to go straight from a, a zero to 100 miles an hour in the first go. But if someone were to want to exercise, what type of dose, duration, intensity should they ultimately be aiming for? Yes, yeah, so whenever you're starting something new, it's important to sort of build up, as you said, and increase in small amounts and to recognise that it is, you are going to probably have some muscle soreness. Uh, that means that you are working, so that's a, a good thing. I think the other thing is that you will notice some joint pain when you exercise to start with, with osteoarthritis. And again, to note that that is normal, that it's normal to feel some discomfort or some pain around in the joint when you start, but that that will decrease over time as you do it. In terms of the actual dosage, the dosage is different depending on what you're trying to achieve. So the dosage that you do with a stretching program would be different from a, a strengthening program. And even within strengthening programs, if you're trying to build up, for example, muscle strength as opposed to muscle endurance, you'd be lifting heavier weights and doing less of them. Whereas if you were wanting to get muscle endurance, you'd be using lighter weights and doing more of them. So there's not a simple answer as to what dosage would you do. It does depend on what you're trying to achieve. But... Nevertheless, if you're going to exercise and start off, you really need to do it regularly. So you need to do it you know, at least three times a week. So three times a week is a good starting point. And then if you're going to start with some strengthening, you'd start with a couple of exercises first. You might start with just three exercises to begin with. And you would start with a lighter weight so that you're getting the, the hang of the technique. And then over time, you would build up the amount of weight. So for example, you might aim to do 10 lots with a weight and then you might start off with one set of those 10 to start with. And then the next week you might build up to two sets of 10. And then you may build up to three sets of 10. And you can build up the weight as well.
in terms of walking again, you'd set yourself a goal and then, you know, just try and do a little bit more each time. Superb. So you spoke about the importance of assessing to see where the deficiencies might be and individualising the exercise prescription. What types of health professionals are out there that can help a patient who has osteoarthritis with that type of process? So exercise specialists are people like physiotherapists or exercise physiologists and in complex cases, sports and exercise physicians as well. But going to see someone like a physiotherapist or an exercise physiologist, they can help design a program that suits you. So particularly if people really haven't had a lot of experience with exercise before, helping them to, as you said, come up with what is the dosage that would be good to start with and how might they progress that. And I think that is important for someone to get that supervision as well, to know what they're doing and are they doing it correctly so that they don't end up giving themselves an injury um, or doing too much. Again, very early on in the podcast, actually season one, episode three, we were joined by a close friend and colleague, Matthew Williams, to talk about practical tips for exercising. Now, Matt is a senior physiotherapist and worked closely with us in the osteoarthritis chronic care program since its inception very early on in February 2012. He joined us and spoke to us about the different types of exercise that may be beneficial for people with osteoarthritis, such as strength-based work, land-based work, aquatic exercises, tai chi, yoga. He also tried to dispel, to some extent, the myth that one size fits all. And ideally, what we should be trying to do is create a custom exercise plan for everybody's exercise prescription. Spoke a little bit about any types of exercise that we shouldn't do. And again, finished on what health professionals can help in this regard. So digging a little bit more into the exercises, what exercises specifically work for osteoarthritis? So a number, the answer to that is research indicates that a number of types of exercise can be effective for osteoarthritis. So starting with just basic strengthening exercises, so building up the strength of the muscles around the joint. That can be done from something as simple as a straight leg raise in bed where someone tightens the muscles above their knee, lift their leg up, hold it for a few seconds, come back down to doing a sit to stand, to doing stairs, and then progressing on to maybe resistance training where they might be using therabands or weights. We know aerobic exercise is beneficial. So that's basically continuous exercise where you're increasing your heart rate. We don't necessarily endorse that people have to push too hard in that regard, just being a little bit breathless uh, over a continuous period is, is adequate. And there's a number of different forms of aerobic exercise that we can get into. So you could be go from anything from walking uh, to swimming to cycling. You might notice that all of those things I've just mentioned are a low impact sort of exercise. We don't necessarily exclude high impact exercise completely, but certainly in the first instance where we start with the low impact sort of stuff. Also, range of motion exercises can, can be beneficial as well. So that might be um, some stretching to improve the flexibility of the muscles around the joint or just moving the joint through a range of motion through uh, activities such as Tai Chi or yoga. So any combination of all of those things have all been shown to be somewhat equally effective. The, the real trick is identifying what's most appropriate for the right person. And, and that comes down to the patient seeing the right health professional where possible. 
And just digging into that little part a little bit further, how do you work out with a person what is the type of exercise that's going to work best for them? First and foremost, I try and find out what people enjoy doing. Because people aren't going to do anything unless uh, they, they get some, or not going to do something continuously ongoing, generally speaking, unless they enjoy it. And so I will find that out. I will encourage them to do whatever activity they choose with, with say, their partner or friends, because the, that tends to increase their adherence and their choice to do it. Then on top of that, it's identifying what type of, of activities they're actually able to tolerate. So I'll have a, a good chat to them about um, the sorts of activities that, that tend to stir them up and we might uh, stay clear of those sorts of activities to start off with and I'll make an assessment of how severe their, their arthritis presentation is. If they're quite severe, then obviously those high-impact activities we tend to steer well clear of, whereas if they're a little bit uh, earlier on in the, in the condition uh, process, then yeah, they might be able to, to manage a gentle run on, on the grass or, or a game of tennis, doubles maybe to start off with. So a number of factors get taken into account. But first and foremost, what do they enjoy? Secondly, how significant is their condition impacting them? And then also, what are the sorts of things that they enjoy that they haven't been able to do since being impacted by arthritis? And what do they want to get back to doing? So it's all about developing a path through exercise towards an end goal. Yeah. So it needs to be obviously individualised according to their preference, but are there any general rules of thumb with, for example, for strengthening in terms of how frequently per week you should be trying to do strengthening and for the aerobic cardiovascular type conditioning, how much per week roughly should they be aiming towards? So I would, I would suggest at least three times a week I will get my patients doing a, a strengthening component to their exercise program. The actual dosage of that, I, I tend to, for example, I would give someone you know, two sets of 15 repetitions of three to four different strengthening exercises, and I will prescribe those exercises based on how, the, how those patients present to me. So they might have specific muscles that are, that are weak that are impacting them, or specific tasks that they need to get back to that I would choose those exercises for. For continuous exercise or aerobic exercise, we recommend that that's something that's done every day or at least six days a week, maybe with a, with a rest day. And you're looking at you know, 45 to 60 minutes of continuous activity if you can. But in saying that, for the patients to start off with, they might only be able to do 10 minutes. You know? So you've got to start somewhere. And that 10 minutes might be broken up into one minute on and then a rest and another minute on and a rest. So everyone has a different starting line it's recognising where that starting line is. But generally speaking, we want an aerobic component pretty much every day, a strength component at least three times per week. And for the aerobic condition, yeah. And so for, for someone who might be out there who's interested in getting an exercise plan that's tailored to them, um, how do they go about doing that? Who should they see? So, call me a little bit biased, but I think a, a physiotherapist, specifically a musculoskeletal physiotherapist, is a really good place to start. That's where they can get a, a pretty confident diagnosis of, of their condition and the severity uh, of the condition. You can find them through the Australian Physio Association website, choose.physio, put that into your web browser, and then that, that you put in the, the type of condition you've got and you can get veered towards an appropriate physiotherapist. An exercise physiologist, that specialises in the area of musculoskeletal conditions is also fantastic at uh, being able to prescribe exercise programs. And they often work in tandem with physiotherapists 
as well. Sometimes it's worth just going to your GP and they have often got a couple of, of good physios um, that they can rec recommend up their sleeve. And any thoughts on sports and exercise medicine uh, physicians, doctors? Absolutely. So you know, they're, they're probably when you've got a musculoskeletal condition which needs a little bit more precision around a diagnosis and that has a little bit more, a few more tools in their kit in regards to treatment, um, they're a, fan, a fantastic place to go. And again, they almost always work closely with physiotherapists and exercise physiologists. Yeah. And for anybody who's from overseas who doesn't know the term physiotherapist, physical therapist is oftentimes substituted for that. But is, is there any type of exercise that a person shouldn't do or should you actively discourage? You mentioned high impact before, but uh, any, any type of exercise? Look, as a, as a rule of thumb, when talking to patients about the sorts of activities or exercise that they do and, and, and trying to work out whether that could be potentially harmful, pain can give you a rough guide. Now, it's important to differ, differentiate different types of pain. It's very normal to feel mild discomfort when you've got osteoarthritis and you're exercising. I don't have osteoarthritis and I feel mild discomfort in all sorts of different areas when I exercise and after exercise. But we're talking about a two or maybe a three out of 10 discomfort. That's okay. If you're pulling up after you've done a session of exercise and your joint's not all swollen and red and angry and you're not um, having trouble sleeping, that's a good indicator that that's an appropriate type of exercise, an appropriate intensity and an appropriate duration. But when you're starting to get you know, four out of 10 plus discomfort during or after exercise or your joints swelling up on you, that's an indicator that that particular exercise or the intensity that you're doing it or the length of time that you're doing it is probably too much and that's something to avoid. If someone's got more advanced osteoarthritis, I, I, I definitely will start to discourage the more high impact sort of activity. That might be you know, tennis or squash or, or even you know, road running. But for those that are really desperate to do those sorts of things, as long as that's not their primary form of exercise and they've done the strength work and they've been able to prove it through a, you know, maybe a bit of a walk, a run program that they're able to tolerate it, I'll, I'll permit it us at times. So all guidelines pretty much advocate for exercise as a core treatment for people that have osteoarthritis. There are multiple different options available to you. And the benefit of that is that hopefully you'll find one that you can then continue to do longer term. Ideally, you'd do this regularly, as was advocated for. And again, if you can, try to have it tailored according to your particular type of arthritis. There are lots of people out there that will be able to help you with the prescription of exercise, updating it on a regular basis. So please, dig in, get some help. And I'm hoping that as a consequence of that, you redeem some benefits from ongoing industriousness on your part to help with the management of your osteoarthritis. Again, thank you so much for listening to the podcast and really looking forward to speaking to you again in the not too distant future. But between now and then, please do take care of yourself. Thanks for listening to Joint Action with David Hunter. If you like our show and want to know more, visit www.jointaction.info. If you have any questions, you can email us at hello at jointaction.info and follow us on Twitter at jointactionorg. This podcast was hosted by David Hunter, edited by Vicky Duong, music produced by Jordan Hunter.
The information posted on this podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Anyone seeking medical advice should consult a health professional. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.